This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. There is a podcast no one asked for. A podcast you never knew you didn't want. Three beers in. This is the podcast. I anticipate a deeply religious experience. Welcome to another Foxy episode of Three Beers In. I say Foxy because today we're on location at 12 Fox Beer Company with Joe and Aaron. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks for having us. So this is Ross, and as always, next to me, uh, well... Always. I was about to say, <laughs> always. Uh, well, Sometimes. Well, we don't have the face of the show, Clint, and we don't have the beard, Cutter, but we do have the funny bone, Joel. Oh, he's there. And the uh, elbow in the ribs or uh, pelvic floor, Tony. Hey, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Can we also say that Cutter is the one that most resembles a fox? Like just the red beard and the the red hair. You just said it, man. (laughs) You just called Cutter a fox. He's not here. (laughs) That's what I heard. Okay. He's called Foxy. 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 Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, For those 80s references. Is a fox an idiot? Anyway, all right. Let's get well, let's get started version. here. So, who's Twelve Fox? What are you about? What do you what's, what what do you, you do? What in you here? do? So, yeah. the story behind Twelve Fox is um, that's exactly when Aaron and I actually met. Uh-huh. When we joined the army, we joined as a combat engineer, uh, but the a sapper. Yeah, a sapper. So I wasn't uh, that high speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, fo- the the army gives you a, a letter net number designator right. an MOS. And so we were twelve foxtrots. Okay, that was yeah. that was our MOS job title. Mm-hmm. And then when we started really thinking about the brewery, mm-hmm. we kind of just wanted to bring it all the way back. I mean, this is when it started um, forever ago. Uh, it's got to be twenty five years or so. So if we need a bridge built in a hurry. We're coming to you guys? Um, no, that's the 12 Charlies. Oh, so, okay. no, but if you want I something lay one blown over, up. Okay. <laughs> okay. But actually, one of the vehicles in the 12 Foxtrot mm-hmm. realm is a bridge layer. Right. So, it, it has something that can span a little over 60 meters cool. um, and launch a bridge out there. And that's what we started as. Oh, um, okay. But if you want one built, we don't build them. We just launch them. All right. Well, the speed of those deployments are just ridiculous. The speed is you're sitting yeah. there and you're just going, and that thing's going so slow and you're like people are shooting at me can you you speed this up so it's not like minecraft no no not at all okay yeah a good launch i I believe if i remember right it's like two and a half minutes which means you're sitting there for two and a half right wow so it's not a fast process all right so well that's the name what about the brewery what do you want to do as a brewery well really i think what we want to do is is I got to fess up right away. I'm not the brewer. Okay. okay. Right. Aaron's the brewer. He's, right. he's the guy that's got these recipes. And um, when he mailed them to me five years ago and I, and I drank the beer, mm-hmm. although I'm not an expert in this realm yet, I'm just, I'm still the rookie learning um, the beer industry. Mm-hmm. 
I know what good beer is. Oh, yeah. And this is it. So it brought me back to the roots of us being in the Army. Mm -hmm. Um, We did one year at Fort Hood, and then we were deployed to Germany, reassigned. Um, Because that was Bosnia, 94, 95 time frame. So being in Killeen for that amount of time, just you fell in love with good beers out in Killeen? Texas uh, I don't beer. think that happens with Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I mean, Bud Light might have its place. But, uh, yeah. So when you get stationed in a, in a country like Germany, who's, you know, kind of king of beers. And, yeah. Um, you, Wait, you, Budweiser? Yeah. <laughs> Budweiser. Budbar. Yeah, Budweiser. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yes. You know, you're open your eyes. Hey, there's yeah. more to beer than Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light. There's, there's stuff out here that's got great flavors uh-huh. and... You know, as in America, um, especially way back then, you're talking 20 years ago, they were barely getting started right, with microbrews. Yeah. Um, there just weren't a ton of them to begin with. And when you get to Germany, there's like a dozen in each town. It's <laughs> So there's just a ton of variety and it really opens up your eyes and your palates and you're just like, wow, okay, this is... You know, traditional beer. This guy's been brewing, or not this guy, but right. you know, this place has been here for 350 years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they've been making beer the whole time. Right. Yeah. We and that's something pretty common that we've found when talking to brewers. Like, a lot of them starting young and taking a trip out to Europe and Germany specifically, and then it's like, holy shit. This is beer. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you get a lot of flavor, right? So you yeah. really want to push that flavor profile, right? Yeah. So part of what we do is that um, my cousin owns a thousand acres in central Oregon and grows and owns his own barley, right? Oh, his malt's what? his own barley, right? Nice. So it's Mecca Great Estate Malt. Right. So we single source all of our, all of our malt from him. Nice. So, and he's really pushing Big the key. flavor profile, right? So we believe that flavor matters and it's not just all in hops, right? right. So German lagers works really well with that. Belgian ales works really well with that, where you can really push that flavor profile. Nice. Yeah, we want to bring flavor to, you know, there's a lot of places that are removing it, or, and there's nothing against right. the IPAs. They have their place, but um, there's only so many hop heads. I want something a little different, and yeah. he, he brings that, and, and the estate malt really brings that extra, I don't know, if I had to put a quantitative on it, I mean, it's like 20, 30% more flavor. Right. Um, and that's one thing I've learned in this process the last couple of years. You know, Aaron said, well, let's brew a batch with just your normal water and some, you mm-hmm. know, stuff I go pick up at the store. And it just didn't have the flavor. It was right. a good beer. Mm-hmm. And then he starts bringing in, okay, so let me show you what I really want to do. Mm. You know, and he kind of had to teach me this before he showed me the price right. I had to pay for the malt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the smart way of doing it. <laughs> no, but, you know, when you put a quality product into yeah. something, you yeah. get a quality product. Definitely. So, you know, if you start with quality, it, it should it better end with mm-hmm. uh, better qualities. Aaron really taught me that, and it really brings the flavor of his, his beers, you know, yeah, to life. Yeah, you can't life. just throw yeah. a bunch of rice in a beer and expect it to taste good. Yeah, and, you know, terroir or terroir, terroir, terroir right? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. depends on how educated you are. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that matters, right? It, we don't it, speak it, German. Right? <laughs> it, 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 it imports flavor, though. It so. at home. Yeah. So I know you mentioned the water. Are you guys yeah. using Texas rainwater in it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we actually do capture the water this facility isn't set up yet but i do have a, a big barn where i already collect about fifteen thousand gallons so nice you know you can only build so much with so much revenue and mm-hmm. once it's starting to come back to us now and eventually we'll gutter all of this pipe it in um it goes through a great little filtration system right. light comes out now aaron has 
a pure base water and we can make that whatever you know uh, profile that he needs for right. that beer okay yeah because yeah, you're getting pure water right i mean it's the purest you could get without distilling the water mm-hmm. right because we're not on a great aquifer here you pull it out and it's chock full of sulfate alkalinity oh, and hardness man. right yeah. so good luck brewing with that so you have to go through the process if you want to go through the process of ro'ing it you're going to you waste a lot of, of water yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but that's an right. interesting call out though because with the german beers they talk about how the water out in munich is like it's a hard specific water. like yeah. but it's in a specific range yeah. which oh, gives yeah. you a certain flavor exactly and i wonder if that is the same like with just being texas i mean we're proud of texas just no matter what it could taste sure. like sulfate or whatever be like yeah. oh this is the best <laughs> ever yeah. Super but, yeah. but it's awesome <laughs> a, little sulfate, a little little sulfate will, will give you more some of that hot bitterness but yeah. that's not really what you're looking for yeah here, not when you're trying to accentuate no. the maltiness yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's counterproductive. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we want to try that first one? Yeah, and we're starting on the left. So I believe that's going to be Julie. Julie's our uh, Belgian Tripel. Nice. So it comes in. Right, yeah, exactly. It comes in about eight and a quarter percent. It's about 30 IBUs. Right. So what you're going to get up front is you're going to get spice and clove up front, stone fruit as it crosses the palate, Belgian candy sugar in the finish, and then a little bit of heat, and then it'll clear out. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I really like what I, he said. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that because a lot of triples that I've had or tripel, if you prefer. Yeah, there's too much heat, but this one is really nice, though kind of dangerous. It's though. a sneaky heat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've, I've messed around with it and got it up to I could 10% drink a, at one point yeah, and, and, and you still can't taste the heat. Right? Yeah, it's that's just a dangerous. little bit of heat, but it's 10% yeah. and it yeah, I could drink like a whole still, one yeah. and then by two, I'd, it'd, it'd be... That'd be too late. That'd yeah, be, and I really try done. to mask that that heat, right? And you just with flavor profiles and yeah. different yeast, because that's a that's a blended yeast. That's two different yeasts in that oh, yeah. uh, beer, and then you use the malts. You know, you accentuate the maltiness, and right. it kind of just hides that heat. And you did say that these all four have the same malt bill, or not no, the same amounts, no. but the same type of. It's it's all single source from my cousin's farm. Gotcha. Yep, yep, right. from Mecca Great Estate. Yep. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, he okay. worked with Oregon State University for eight years creating a special proprietary varietal of barley. Wow. Really? And yeah. So it's pretty interesting the, just seeing his process, what he's gone through. Yeah. Um, he's down to his last three varietals now. So pretty soon he's going to be able to name one. Once he selects it, they're going through testing where Oregon State takes it. They make a basic Pilsner recipe with a single hop on it and then run it through a bunch of testing. All kinds of sensory testing, you know, and then the actual you yeah. know, data metrics, right, of that. Yeah. Right. So like the university makes its own beer? Yeah, they have their own beer. Really? I didn't realize that. You can actually get a barley program. I feel like University of Texas is missing out. Yeah. Yeah. A&M is a little bit behind, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the great things that, you know, about his cousin's estate is it's pretty much on the same parallel. When you look at Oregon and Mm -hmm. Germany, it's on around that 45th parallel where where hops and and all of that stuff really grows well. And then you got to factor in the actual soil and where did it come from, what's in the soil to give those flavors back. And and that's kind of how he's doing his his blend with all the malts is he started, like Aaron said, eight years ago, he's down to three now. Mm -hmm. So they probably went through hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they started with like like 100 varietals, right? And then slowly went went from full pint and full pint blends and cross breeding programs, right? And it just takes because you got to grow through a season, right? Yeah. 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 One year, one season. There you go. That didn't work. Scratch. (laughs) Oops. Next. So, and it, you also said in the flavors on this, uh, stone fruit. Would I have had stone fruit just by itself? Like, you is that something you can... Oh, is that... 
something with something with a pit okay. in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, and that's all that's all yeast driven. Yeah. So it's a blend of those yeasts. So the, the initial yeast I use is produces a lot of that spicy clove fennels. Okay. Yeah. And then the, about three quarters of the way through, I hit it with the yeast that's going to pr- produce all that stone fruit. Gotcha. So then it, it basically overpowers the yeast right of the, the original yeast, and then just takes over. Yeah. Okay. So that's the middle, and then the clove is in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when you said that because as I was drinking it, that's how it hit. Like. Yeah. You see, you see people's eyes and just sweet. go. <laughs> and then afterwards, like, wait a minute. Now it's a little bit of spice. Yeah. It's very complex. Like, it's 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 really unique. It's really cool. Flavor matters. Yeah. 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 So is there actual peaches or anything in this? No, or that's it's really all yeast. Just, that's okay, all yeast fennels yeah. and okay, that's esters. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Aaron, how did you get started brewing? So, did you have lofty aspirations starting out? Oh, no. Or, I, I'm a CPA by trade. Okay. So once you just was, had a Mr. Beer kit, and you are like, oh, let's do this shit. <laughs> That's essentially it, right? And once I went to college, I learned how to read and research and develop yeah. you know, a way to apply what you read. Mm-hmm. So then you know, you hit 30, you know, you're tired of looking at numbers in the computer, right. and I need a hobby. So I was like, hey, why not brew beer, right? <laughs> so then I went to home, you know, morebeer.com. There you go. started buying yeah. stuff up. Boom, boom, right? And Next thing you know, I'm just started brewing and having fun, attending homebrew club meetings and yeah. talking to people and really immersed myself in the, just the environment, right? And then that's when it really just was becoming a lot of fun, right? And then the passion took over and stuff. So, right. Yeah. And was that a big scene out in California or? Oh, in Southern Nevada and Nevada? Vegas. Okay, yep. gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we talked about it before, but you guys aren't from Texas. No. Know. Mm, but I married I know a about Texan. That. Oh, okay, it counts. And, and I, I, I use that pass also. It's not my fault. I wasn't born here. I okay. just, I got here when I could. You're here now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I was stationed at Hood for a year and a half. Yeah, Doesn't there you make, go. You know, when I was like 18, so I was technically Honorary. still kind of dependent yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Your formative years. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he went kind of back home and then ended up in Vegas, and then we moved back here. My wife is actually from Dripping Springs, graduated from here, so. We moved back here to, you know, have our kids be in a small community and grow right. up. And that's just what we wanted. Um, family's big. Yeah. It's, it's actually part, a key part of the business as well. Right. As, you know, I mean, we're, we're the ones normally behind the bar working, you know, and, and Aaron's wife is a phenomenal cook. And that's how we've got her um, tied up and already putting her to work. And my wife's great at marketing with our other lady, Lindsay. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's really a team effort. It's, it's, it's us. So you mentioned cooking, uh, your website, you, you mentioned a bakery. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was looking out when I walked up and I was like, Where's, I, like I, I don't smell that. anything bacon. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife is ridiculous at that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, beer's priority. Right. So yeah. we got to get beer rolling. Um, we are on a small one barrel system. Mm-hmm. So, our beers go through the tap room pretty quickly. Right. Yeah, the support has been amazing from the local community, so even great. with people coming so in out from Austin, San Marcos, even San Antonio, they're coming up that mm-hmm. we just cannot keep beer, right? Yeah. Right. And, but being on a one barrel system allows you more like variety, right? You do get a you lot of flexibility. Does. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of the, yeah. the overall game plan when we came into it, you know, I asked Aaron, hey, can we survive on a one barrel? We already right. have it. What if we just get more fermenters? And he goes, yeah, we can. I mean, it's, it's going to be rough and I'll have right. to brew my ass off, but right. it will help us develop which beers do our customers like, which that ones sense. Yeah. Are, are hitting you guys, you know, yeah. what tastes good to them. It um, would suck to make a huge batch of beer and like, and this one, and it lasts forever while this one over here 
people are drinking the shit out of it. And it's like, what do you do with 20 I mean, kegs that doesn't move, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, that was the conversation we like had. Like, if you have an IPA, that's going to be bad in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. But the IPA sell yeah. decently quick. But what was the conversation with, like, the smoke beers? Oh, God. Where oh, it's the like the, uh, the brewer loved... Chip from Live Oak, beers. yeah. 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 He's going like, to keep yeah. brewing smoke beers until everybody likes smoke beers. <laughs> <laughs> and the Gradzitsky, like uh, yeah. any other one he had. Well, where we were stationed beers. in Bomberg is probably oh, yeah. like yeah. the That's where they get their original. malts from, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 I believe, yeah. Hmm. The, from the Wireman, probably. Huh? Yeah. yeah, but that's the idea, though. If somebody comes in off the street and they say, well, typically I drink Coors, would you offer them a smoke beer? Like, where would you start them on the scale? You know, believe it or not, I'll, I'll start them with the pills. Yeah. Right. And they're like, okay, it's bitter or whatever. And I was like, well, here, you. It, this is going to be light in color, so I'll hit them with the tripel. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I let them, I talk them through that that process, yes. right? Yeah. You, as, as they're tasting it, and then I just converted them from that yes. to a more complex beer. Which is is hard if you're not there behind the exactly. bar, right? Yeah. 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 It's like you got to have and that it's all social about training. Yeah. With, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. When those next levels happen and we yeah. have bigger systems and we have employees, that's the training part of right. we have to I, know I, what we're Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't think education ever stops, right? Like, yeah, I mean, right. there's, I mean, even Budweiser, AB InBev is buying up so many uh, craft breweries, right? And they're exposing more and more people. Yeah. To but more as and they more expose more and more people, it's making the education <laughs> piece of it easier for, yeah, for yeah. independent yeah. brewers, yeah. right? No, yeah. it's true. So there's a good bad thing to the big guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, All beer has its place. That's true. If you really love rice, there you go. <laughs> hey, I make a Weezer light. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's one of the questions that we have for the brewers. It's uh, what is your favorite non-craft, non-you beer? Like if we opened up your fridge back home, what would you have in there? Drinking a high life? No. Um, <laughs> mine would general. probably be Shiner's a good staple yeah. in my fridge. Ziegenbach's kind of the same flavor uh, as Shiner. Yeah. So I like those kind of more amber beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I normally always have still not my craft beer, but Julius Ector is one of my favorite oh, okay. beers. Okay. Um, it's a German beer, but they sell two or three varieties here. And mm-hmm. so, if, you know, I, I have one of those stashed all the time somewhere if I need a good pick me up. So, Bach, Bach. So, Bach, yeah. Double so Bach, Bach, yeah. <laughs> uh, A Dunkel. They have a Dunkel oh, yeah, that's really yeah. good. So, okay. those are kind of my hidden, but on average, it's usually right. just a shiner. And Aaron, what? What about you? Um, I'll probably be somewhere in the you know realm of the Negro Modellos. Oh, there we Modellos kind of well, something that's like, can't go like, wrong it, with it's that. It's kind of flirting on yeah. it's Mac, Modelo it's Negro, Negro, but it's right. flirting right. Vienna style yeah. lager still, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But now it's it's Modelo Negro, right? Same great taste, different name, right. anyway. Different but uh, a lot of German brewers went through Mexico. That, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. We we've talked about it before. We we did a episode with on a Vienna, and I didn't know it before, but that's really interesting because it was around the time of revolution in austria and then people were coming over to mexico so there was a lot of austrians living in mexico and it's like nobody told us the emperor was austrian the emperor maximilian Mexi- yeah yeah who was deposed and uh, yeah yeah we don't want to get into that again. Again. <laughs> a bad story didn't which, work out well for him <laughs> which which they had some mirrors that are hanging in the driscoll now and oh, wow. that's why uh his wife haunts the driscoll anyway, oh. but, but we're not supposed to talk we about weren't the allowed we oh, weren't yeah, allowed. Yeah, 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 yeah. anyway but so we were talking uh, you seem to be more of the German. You, you like more of the German styles. I really do. Which, yeah. which we talked about earlier. And Aaron, you're more Belgian. I'm a very much your, Belgian yeah. uh, flavor profile. 
just okay. for my taste. I just like it complex. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate the um, complex, like just the the intrinsic value of a nice, well-made German lager to yeah. where oh, when yeah. you taste it, you it, it flows through. There's no off flavor. Super clean, super rich, super right. malty, right? Versus um, I like the Belgians where you can get that with that little bit of a candy sugar and then have that mm-hmm. yeast that really pops with the fennels oh, yeah. and the esters yeah, and, and that, stuff. That yeah. was something that I thought was really interesting about your triple. You, you had you blended the yeast to get that flavor profile that you really wanted out of those yeasts. Exactly right. That's really really cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. That's something we always like to call out on these uh, episodes, how like our kind of drink profiles line up yeah i'm definitely gonna go for like the amber oh yeah the box yeah yeah ambers I, and I boxes box. that's i mean ross as well like we're pretty similar but oh man i, I drank the shit out of some ziegenbach back yeah. in the day <laughs> oh yeah those kegs were cheap yeah. oh yeah and that, that was one of the reasons yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it cheap still and good flavor yeah know, right? yeah i liked it but like we have a guy in the podcast clint that really loves ipas and you know, IPAs aren't for everybody. And but it's the point of we're doing three beers in, and we kind of he we're hates, pushing ourselves. He hates IPAs. Yeah, I know. I know. I, he's not going to listen to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to. I mean, I don't like IPAs. Well, but that's I really the thing. Don't. Have you found those like hybrid IPAs? Yeah, that are I like, have. And guess yeah. who's giving them yeah. to you? Right? Yeah. He, you know, he what he did is he really learned what I liked as well. Yeah. And and you know, I don't like the staunch West Coast, yeah, grapefruit, oh, no. citrus in your face. I for me, I, it's just yeah. not my flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And then he showed me, you know, the hazies and the New Englands and brought those down. Those are too sweet, too sugary. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of tried to blend those up a little uh-huh. bit. And, and the one of them you'll be tasting in a minute, the Blurred Fox, right. is kind of like that. And, it, and it's lighter, and I'll let Aaron describe it all. But it's just one of those things where I'm not a big IPA fan. And now that I'm actually in this beer world. I don't think any of us here are huge IPA fans. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. we'll drink them and we can tell what's a good one or a bad yeah. one. I bet, yeah, but it's I've not our first that pick. I like, yeah. But yeah. Well, I, w- I would just tease that, hey, these people don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I tasted real stuff in Germany. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I came back to America, it's just getting started and everything's about IPA and um, mm-hmm. To me, it's it was they were hiding the flavor. They're right, massive. Yeah. They're putting With so the much hops in there. Yeah. It's like, where's the flavor of the beer? Right. You have um, you have to have that backbone, that supporting, yeah. like to. To enhance your flavors. Yeah. yeah. Not just smack you in the face with some hops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and there's hop heads and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. And, you know, we brew, brew them. It's just when I go to a bar, I'm not ordering an IPA. Yeah. yeah. And and I really like that uh, your menu sh- shows that pretty much. You yeah. don't have, it's not just IPAs, which a lot of places you'll go and they have a huge menu and everything, but a lot of them are IPAs. So yeah. it's like, hmm trying to find the good stuff like, like. and then how much fruit and can you pack into it right oh, how much man. fruit puree can you put yeah. into an ipa right is yeah. it an ipa then what, what are you doing here <laughs> okay. we're changing we're making it texas yeah no uh, all right yeah so let, was, let's let's get uh joel what do you, uh, i was gonna say i always judge those people because i've never been in a bar <laughs> and someone would be like what kind of what kind of triple do you have they're always like oh what kind of ipa do you have i'll drink any ipa i'm drinking ipas all day that's how they are it's like it's at that is, point, you're just like, they don't drink Is beer. that your impression of Cutter? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, anyway. Cutter drink any beer. It's almost yeah. like, hey, what do you have? Oh, it's a Starbucks, because I like the label on the uh, front yeah, as yeah. I walk down the street, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And then, I like craft beer. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. So, so let's hit the next one. Yeah. So the next got? one is uh, Be- Betty. It's a Belgian Dubel double. I aged it on oak chips. So you're going to get a little bit of a spice and clove, um, a lot of raisin flavor, hints mm-hmm. of caramel and chocolate. And then you're going to get a little bit of that sh- Belgian candy, dark candy sugar in there. And then in the finish is going to be all vanilla bourbon oak. Ooh. So I know I told you yeah. this before I drank it, but this is the one I was looking forward to. And it does not disappoint. <laughs> nice. like, this awesome. is awesome. It does not. Yeah. This is great. A lot Comment of people like here flavors. ask me, how, yeah. how do you put whiskey in beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're carefully. Well, you're, not, <laughs> you're not allowed to, right? You're not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no. that's just on oak chips, you know? Yeah. yeah. Good technique. I, I really love that the oak comes through. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not overpowering, right? It really yeah. blends in with the beer mm-hmm. versus if you do like Taking a barrel over. age and then you're blending them back, sometimes that... If, that barrel just pulls so much of that mm-hmm. uh, bourbon flavor out that it yeah, just it, overpowers it. Can it. Be, that can be tough to do, but yeah. Can you explain the process of using oak chips? I've not heard of that before. So yeah, so what essentially what I do is um, it's kind of a cross of a homebrew, kind of being mm-hmm. scared of something infecting your beer when you put it in a fermenter, right? right? So as being a CPA by trade, I read and read and read. And what I've decided that made most sense to me is I just take the oak chips and I put them in a, in a medium toast, uh, plain. I oh. want them as lightly toasted oh, really? as possible. Okay. Because what I do is I take the brew water and I fill it up with brew water in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a bucket and I throw it in the microwave and I cook it for like ten minutes, and then I dump that whole thing in the fermenter. Wow. So okay. as soon as it comes out from cooking in the microwave for ten minutes, it literally smells like bourbon cooked oak. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So he drew the flavor out. Yeah. Nice. Basically, it kind of just sped it up a lot, right? Yeah. 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 yeah that can be that can be tough. We have a uh, we have a Garrison's brother barrel that we we throw stuff in every now and then. Well, we try to throw stuff in there as, as often as possible. <laughs> yeah, we, it, we have too. And uh, Rev came by yeah. when we opened and dropped them off, and uh, he's like, "You got to fill them up and share." So we're hoping oh, yeah. that we yeah. can expand so we can fill them up, right? Yeah, I saw the sign on on your bar there. So you're using you have Garrison Brother barrels. We have two of them. Yeah, you dropped cool. them off as a present as a you know opening because everybody's welcome so welcome. Oh, that's right? awesome. Yeah. Damn, we yeah. need yeah. to open well, a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we can just put a sign on like Clint's fence or something, right? Yeah. And then just have people drop stuff off. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that, that Garrison Brothers barrel was magic. But yeah, you can never be sure how much bourbon you're going to get because that first batch, uh, I did a wee heavy and it was it was a little bit wee heavy with a lot of bourbon. A lot of okay. bourbon. Like, it was just delicious. I was going to say, with <laughs> all that caramelization, right? And then it was. Then, yeah. And then was, the flavor of the bourbon, it max, matches really well. It was well. good, oh, yeah. but after a bottle, it was like. It was really I, good. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But well, yeah. I want to get back to what one of you guys said a minute ago about this industry, and I've worked in a couple others, um, mm-hmm. not not in the beer industry, but I want to, in general, it's a very welcoming community. Yeah, we found they, that, yeah. Yeah, they really want to help you out, you know, when they, they come here, they Everybody's in it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, what is it, like a uh, rising tide lifts all, all boats? boats. Yeah. And yes, it's like exactly. what you said, where like the, the big people are starting their crafts, and that's lifting everything. Yeah. But I think when you have some amazing craft breweries knocking out of the park, yeah. someone says, hey, because I like that one, I'll try that one down the road. Yeah, or right, yeah, yeah. I'll spend a Saturday and drive out to Dripping, and man, I'll go to a couple of them out in that area. 
Yeah, yeah so we're getting a lot, lot of rumors coming in from outside the area, mm-hmm. coming by, check us out. Yeah. The word's getting out there. Yeah. So that's really good, right? It's really positive feedback, a lot of community support as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And once we quit working so much, we can go to theirs and yeah. thank them. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Their it's going to be a while though, right? You, <laughs> when, when did you guys, you guys just opened, right? Like Memorial a, Day weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think just, I've had three days off in 90 days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. You're, right. It's a one barrel one system. Barrel yeah. System with eight fermenters. Awesome. <laughs> There you go. And let the work start. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, he had to start a couple months before, before we actually you opened. Yeah, so exactly. The beer was to get ready. The beer so, ready. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You actually got to go back a little bit further than the 90 days he's talking yeah. about. So you guys out here, you, you have how many? 12 taps? 12. Yeah. 12. Well, that makes sense. 12, 12, 12 fox. 12 fox, 12 taps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have uh, that you was have really a, just by chance, but yeah. it worked out really well. <laughs> <laughs> but and then, have, well, but on your website, it's like, yeah, of course, it's twelve. It yeah. makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. Why would you not do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to play it off. Yeah, but you have your beers, and then you have some guest taps as well, right? We do because of the one barrel system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just can't keep all. Uh, also, we, not everybody's going to want a beer, right? Exactly. So. so, in our business model, is to have those eight taps mm-hmm. of beer, but we also want to provide wines, cider, cider yeah. mead for the people who might not want a beer. And you're still educating people about other other items right. that are available yeah, that, are, that are not beer, right? Yeah. That are still craft yeah. you know, products. Yeah. Who's had a mead? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly, right? Yeah, I, exactly. I hear that yeah. all the time. What's, what's mead? What's yeah. that mead stuff? And we Where carry we? Rohan Meadery, which is the first meadery in Texas, right? Nice. So they, they broke down barriers, right? So it just makes sense, right? Is that like grog? What? What is grog? <laughs> I don't even talk. know. <laughs> just drink it. <laughs> 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 that's all you have i mean if, yeah if once like they honey, drink it right? yeah. yeah um so yeah we keep the guest taps we'll yeah. fill whatever you know we produce um normally we it, you know we pull about two a week off mm-hmm. so we have some every now and then like this last week we couldn't pull any off because we just did a bunch of loggers in a row right? right so now it threw the system off a little bit but that's what our clients were really wanting. Yeah. And so I, re- I really love that, like, you're doing a logger. Yeah. So, like, you don't see a lot of people, especially a lot of people starting. Extra time, right? a, lot of, a lot of people starting out, they're not doing loggers. They're just doing all ales, which isn't a bad thing. But, you know, where's the loggers? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with the cash conversion cycle being a little longer <laughs> to have a nice quality logger beer. Yeah. Because right? yeah. people just don't make great quality loggers at the micro level, right? They want to yeah. pull them too early. They're not mm-hmm. quite ready yet. And Okay, keg it up. We're no, not, you we're not waiting that extra two weeks. Still green. It, it'll yeah. it'll do it in the keg. No. <laughs> well, okay, it doesn't. Re- it kind of works that way, but. I mean, eh. You really need to just let it logger. Let it sit, yeah. That's why it's called a logger. It yeah. takes a long time. Yeah. Speaking of like your cash conversion, did you guys get affected any by the beer to go uh, legislation? That didn't really affect us because we're a brew pub license. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that brew pub license is subordinate to a wine and beer retailers or a mixed gotcha. beverage use permit or something like that. So we could always still sell beer to go. We could still yeah. self-distribute. We just were only limited by the 10,000 barrel mark. So once you, I mean, that's a lot of beer, right? So when right. you get to 10,000 barrels, then you can make the transfer over to a manufacturer's license and then you still retain your your beer to go. But when, when we do that, we lose our ability to self-distribute sell. Self-distribute or? We can still self-distribute, but we lose our ability to oh, bring in tap gas taps room? and yeah. bring oh, in gotcha. the meats and the wines and the ciders. Yeah. We lose okay. all that ability. So, yeah. Yeah, there's really? always a trade-off. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Because that would be a tier blend. Yeah, right I, w- I was wondering what, huh. what, now that there's beer to go, why have 
uh, a brew pub versus a production brewery. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. So for our model, as we want to bring in other varieties of beverages, it just made sense to be that brew pub license. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. And at 10,000 barrels, that's a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. From where we're starting right now. Yeah. You know, that's way up there for us right now. One one barrel each batch. So yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I can see 10,000. There's not enough hours in the the year to do that. The light at the end of the tunnel is not even a light at that level, right? A dot from where you. Are. It's like, yeah. So, and, and you know, you always can open that second location too. And now you got another 10,000 barrels. So, yeah. and you can you need to license it by location, yeah. right? So then you can just have that as your manufacturing yeah. facility and mm-hmm. do it that oh, way. Right? Yeah. You don't have to yeah. mix the properties. So there are right. ways around it. Yeah. yeah. Stick it to the man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was an auditor by trade, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I it's good to dance, have him in my pocket. In the pale moonlight, right? <laughs> exactly. So they're over there doing the math. They're like, not yeah, only can he brew beer, he keeps the government off. So, so we might have touched on this, but what actually led to starting 12 Fox? What was the catalyst? What said, like, hey, let's do a brewery? Like, what? <laughs> Border? Pretty, pretty boring, <laughs> funny story, actually. Aaron start because it did start with his home brewing. Yeah. And after a few years, you know, he started brewing the legit beers mm-hmm. and he started entering some competitions and uh, he ends up winning a pretty big competition. Um, which elevates him and his brew. So I'll let him tell that story. And then I come in later. He wanted me to, to come in and help. And I was at a point where I couldn't. Yeah. But that comes back later. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what it was is that, you know, being a CPA, I was like, well, I can go and raise money. Right. You know, the, the market had just took a downturn, which hindsight's 2020 is not the greatest idea at the time. But <laughs> um, there's a lot of cash in Vegas and there's a lot of people wanting to do cool things. Yeah. And so as we're going down that process, you just had to talk to more and more and more investors. And the more and more as I did that, the more bad taste I got in my mouth of going through that investor route. Mm-hmm. And then when you looked at the banks, the bank said, oh, yeah, we do small business loans. And you only have to put down 10, 20%. But really, during that time period of when the market crashed, the banks were folding, they wanted 50, 60% down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then the, just CapEx just dried up, right? Any sort of capital spend was just, you couldn't, you couldn't get it, right? So then, you know, we had places lined up. We had Pete talking to people. I was doing fests in, in Vegas and stuff. And just the, the financial market just wasn't there or it wasn't ready to produce what I wanted it to produce. Yeah. So then I just went back into industry and started working and just kept brewing beer. Right. And But that all started just from winning, you know, the Southern California homebrew competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, I think it was the 25th homebrew competition there in Corona, California. And, you know, I won it with a foreign export style. Right. Out of yeah. 272 entries. That, and at the time, that was the largest homebrew competition somebody from vegas had won so people were pretty excited i was pretty excited i was you know walking around the office saying yeah (laughs) shit's good i knew it was good is it something where you had made batches and brought it into work like you gotta try this oh yeah so being a cpa by trade is kind of frowned upon yeah (laughs) so let's all get drunk and look at numbers so there was a a kind of under the tables bottles would just show up on chairs of certain executives and things like that yeah i've done that yeah (laughs) don't ask where it came from don't tell right don't ask don't tell that policy's got to work for something. <laughs> why, why, why are you bringing your lunch bag and it's going clank, clank? <laughs> <laughs> it's a liquid lunch. Liquid. It's in a brown it's paper a bag. They can't <laughs> see it. It's a very new old diet. Yeah. Liquid bread. <laughs> so Aaron then goes back in into work. Mm-hmm. And the venture I just went through was kind of settled and good to go. 
And kind of out of the blue, um, I was taking a trip to Vegas. Never been there in my life, but mm. one of my buddies was turning 40 and he was like, um, for my 40th, we're all going to Vegas, right? And then we look around the room and it's, you know, it's four or five of us and our wives and everything. And there, someone goes, well, how many of you actually been to Vegas? <laughs> and two people ra- raised their hand. And it was like, none of us had ever been to Vegas. Yeah. So, of course, it's on then, right? Okay, right. everybody book it. Book the rooms. Let's go. We're going for, you know, five days, four nights. We're going to stay that extra day. And I tell Aaron, hey, in a few months, I'm coming at this time frame. By chance, is there any Hefe bison available? <laughs> <laughs> and so he brews Hefe uh, for when yeah. I get there. Um, and him and his wife come to the hotel room one night and we're supposed to go to some show and dinner. And I was just like, see ya, you know, you guys, well, no, you paid for the ticket. I don't care. I'm staying here. <laughs> so we just kind of stayed at the hotel room yeah. and ended up drinking, I think a case of the two cases yeah. he brought and Banning just talked clothes. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just said, you know, when I just got out of the military, I, I was a home builder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a few years of home building before the crash that he's talking about comes and right. everybody dries up. No one's building big fancy homes. So I have the knowledge of building things and I like to work with my hands. And um, with our wedding venue, I have a couple guys that are been with me for years and years and years. And we're just kind of a good team. They, they understand what I'm talking about and I can put them on a project and go. So yeah. it was like, I can build stuff and you can brew stuff. So you have to move to Texas and we'll just do it. Yeah, right, we'll make this work. Hence, many trips on a plane on Allegiant for a hundred dollars <laughs> round trip in the really shitty seats. Wow. Yeah. yeah, weekend getaway every every other month, right? Yeah. So his wife starts applying for work here and actually gets a job right away with the state. Yeah. And so she moves here over Christmas time frame. Aaron gets stuck back in Vegas with two daughters. Single dad and two daughters. Yeah, now for he's a, year. a single dad. Right. <laughs> wow, you're there for a year? Yeah, I learned how to cook real quick. Yeah. <laughs> the macaroni and cheese directions yeah. are on the box. It doesn't look like mom's. All right, let's go. Get in the car. <laughs> we ate out a lot. Yeah. There's pizza to go. So, you know, he got everything in order and let the kids finish the school year out and and, you know, I drove up there, helped him pack up all the stuff, drive the stuff back down here, spend the next few months kind of analyzing him, starting to teach me about beer and the yeah. real procedures behind it and why things matter, you know, like malt, like flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting water tested, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And, you know, yeah. He looks at the test results. and he goes, it doesn't read. Is it really that bad? I mean, this is <laughs> shit water. Um, Where are the minerals? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we start the process, filling out paperwork, looking for land and doing the, the whole thing. And so just bringing him to Texas, just because I believe in his beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what he's produced is is what I really love. Right. And it's not a lot of people do it, like you were saying. I mean, yeah. people don't want to wait those extra couple weeks to let things brew. They want to keep that CapEx going. And yeah. we got to mm-hmm. turn these beers and we got to get stuff out there. And that's, you know, part of the reason IPAs and some of those I think were really popular. They they brew really fast. Yeah, turn and burn yeah. is what we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So 17 days. Yep. Done. Right? It's on tap. Yeah. So we want to try the next one so the next one is the pilsner um the pilsner is going to be a traditional pilsner you're going to get all graham cracker um you'll be have a little bit of grass grassy flavor hay flavor in there right and then all that floral earthy bouquet of uh hop bitterness in the finish yeah we've actually tried this one before i think (laughs) 
I actually added Delicious. quite a few um, Munich malt to it, so yeah. I, uh, I really yeah. like to make okay. it golden versus pale, right? I really right. want to have that deep golden hues in it, so it has a nice little healthy handing of Munich yeah, malt. Yeah, Munich it, will yeah. add a little more complexity than just a straight Pilsner. Sure, yeah. yeah. But it's that good basic beer, and going yeah. back to the question yeah. you asked earlier about, you know, how do you get that light person to want to try mm-hmm. that? You know, you got to start them with something that's going to be basic. Have you had a Miller Light? Yeah. Well, this is better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better version of that. And I think that's what kind of you touched on before. And I think we've talked on on other podcasts where if you're there with the stuff. person, yes, um, you can kind of take them down that story, take them down yeah. that path. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and it, it's really easy to do that when you're in front of them, right? Yeah. Right. And if you have people that are working for you, they you train them to be able to present that as well. So then you, that consumer is getting the same experience each consumer each time, oh, same yeah. experience each time. Yeah. Right. Because we've had the same consumer come in a couple times and always try something different just because they want to sit up there, try one out samples and let me talk about it. Right. Yeah. Because they want that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't love talking about beer? Right. Talking about beer, drinking beer, brew beer. Yeah. Day's real shitty, but guess what we do? We we, we make and sell beer. (laughs) I think that's what we first started doing when we, you know, we're out of college and we're first learning like real beer. So we would go to this place called Flying Saucer that had like so many beers on tap. I don't think they have any more in Austin. There's no one in Dallas. Yeah. Um, But we would be like, hey, can we try that one? And they give you a small taste. They had so many weird things on tap and we would always be like, okay, can I try that one? Can I try that one? And eventually you start to find like, okay, this mix, this stout, like fresh out of college, we weren't drinking stouts. That's what I like. Sure. Right. Yeah. 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 You find your little path to get to those drinks. Yeah. And that's exactly how it was in Germany, right? Because you get exposed to so much, but I fell in love with Hefe's yeah. and that's all I drank over there was just Hefe after mm-hmm. Hefe and... I and was, now looking back, point. like, yeah. how could you not like that? Beer? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easy transition from Bud Light to a Hefe, especially a German half that has all that banana. Yeah. Flavor, mm-hmm. right? yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing it's really hard to find here. I looked for years and years and years. Yeah. And just never found it. Right. And that's really how he set the fish hook in me was when he mailed that beer. He mailed me Hefe because yeah. he knew that. I mean, that's what we drank. Yeah. And I got it in the mail and I was like. Okay, I got to put this in the fridge. I can't drink it right now. <laughs> I'm going to drink it tomorrow. Yeah. So I had to hold back, not not go crack it open right away. And that next day when I got off work and I got home, I was looking for this beer all day long. And I open it up. And as I'm pouring it in my Hefe glass, that waft, that smell yeah. that takes you back there. I got just talking about <laughs> it. I got it's real. It happened yeah. because I yeah. literally transformed or tra- 15 years into the past of, you know, private hoax sitting at this bar in Germany. I was like, how the hell did you capture that? Yeah. You just captured this moment in my life and delivered it into a beer. Um, it was just floating in the air. I put it in a bottle. <laughs> it up, <laughs> it real fast. But I mean, it was traditional. Yeah. Right. It didn't have all these things. And, and for quite a while, you know, microbrews. They wanted all this flavor profile. They, yeah. I mean, there's tons of them with fruits and all this different stuff. And I'm looking for that traditional just right. Yeah. beer. I want to taste the flavors. It's frequent in a lot of American craft brewing. It's uh, pushing it to the extreme. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, it's good every once in a while, but 
it's not what you want every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and then that's when Aaron also exposed me to his Belgiums as they mm-hmm. like so much because yeah. guess what? They're packed with flavor. Right. In all the front, middle, back. I mean, there's flavor everywhere. It's not just the basic pills where it's just that basic flavor. Mm-hmm. Hey, if um, you're going to eat 400 calories, you might as well enjoy it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can put tons of flavor in beer without right. ruining the beer. Oh, yeah, of course. So you mentioned being uh, a home builder. I know I, for one, uh, was following you guys on the Instagram way back before you had the property, back when you were, what was it before? Backroads. Backroads. Backroads Brewing. But yeah, you were knocking down brush and trees. Right out there. So what led to the change from Backroads to 12 Fox? Uh, Licensing. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, we... Um, yeah, the, the U.S. Trade and Patents Office, right? They yeah. pretty much shut you down on that, right? Because there's a back road brewery two in Indiana. Words, uh, there's yeah. two words, singular, too much like the likeness. <laughs> so why fight that and spend money doing yeah. it when we can create something even more creative, more identifiable, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's right. when we had that conversation of let's go back to the roots, yeah. right? And really, at first, it, I was a little concerned of, you know, are people going to get what a 12 Fox is? Mm-hmm. And then come to find out it's not like i really have to explain the story <laughs> i mean it's it, we came up with a great logo yeah um, right yeah, i was I gonna bring logo. that up yeah uh it, there's a fox there's your chevrons mm, and it also yeah. kind of looks like the uh the like barley. the grain the barley yeah, yeah. i mean exactly it's, yeah, what it's, it's, barley ones. Yeah. Yeah. it's got a fox in there yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. and plus you've got barley yeah. your mascot there right. <laughs> like the fox's barley. name is barley sergeant barley yeah that adds to it even more aaron darling painted that with uh it's all done with spray paint he's also did um, he brought Austin Street out art out to the hill country? He's also painted stuff in uh, slab barbecue. He painted right. like the, the chicken oh, yeah. and the pig. Oh, and uh-huh. yeah. oh nice. And Barley's got the meritorious unit commendation. Is that well? <laughs> I don't know what's on there. I didn't go look at it. Uh, Aaron asked me for a photo of my medals, yeah, and, you know, my, my all my stuff, and I was still right in the middle of trying to finish this up and make sure we could open on yeah. the 24th. I delayed. I didn't get it to him. But what he did is he's one of four boys, and he's the only one that didn't actually go in the military. Okay. So one of his brothers is a a pretty um, great Marine. Yeah. And those are truly his. So he took a picture of it. You know, his brother sent him a picture of it. And Mm -hmm. he, so I don't know what his brother won and what he's got or what he earned. Or, yeah, you don't really win them. I should right? Say. No. Yeah. What, what you what you earn while you're in? They're they're true medals. It does yeah. have a meaning. They're his brothers. Yeah, it is a um, it is a yeah. good note for his brother, right? And that that was more sentimental than just yeah. us putting art up there and you know, yeah. you know tooting our own horn. But yeah. it's for him to give recognition to his brothers. Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking the part in um, Arrest Development where Buster goes into the military, into army, into, into army. army. Yeah. <laughs> I got these for uh, what's it? The seal is for marksmanship, and the gorilla is for sand racing. Sand buggy racing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I showed up. Yeah. yeah. Here's your participation. So what made you decide on your, well, do you have core beers? Or since you have the one barrel system, is it just always evolving? Or is there something that you always want to have on tap? Well, that's kind of a tricky question because I think we have our core beers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely have the ones that we love. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of this one barrel system is also to find out what our, our customers want. What right. are, What is the population? What do they want to drink? You know, are they drinking this or not? So it really helps us develop that core beer mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, what, what they like. Because he's got enough recipes I still haven't even tasted them all. 
Yeah, right. I mean, with a one-barrel system, it's really hard to put a Hellas and a Pilsner on deck at the same time and see who outperforms who, right? right? Yeah, we we, yeah. Just, we uh, yeah. don't have that depth of metrics, right? Yeah. Just with what little that we're producing, because for reference, I released a Hellas on a Friday, and in 10 yeah. hours, I sold 31 gallons. So there's no way I could compare the two. I try, but the metrics are just kind of what they are, right? Yeah, and then yeah. I, I sell Julie in a, in a 13-ounce glass and a 10-ounce pour. Yeah, and revenue is higher because, I, you know, it's cost more, but yeah. we're still churning it, but I have it longer. Yeah. What yeah. does it all mean, right? Yeah. Uh, do you have any Oktoberfest on the way? Yeah. So uh, last week, um, I started brewing the, the Amber Ales. I brewed a Dunkel. Um, okay. This week will be the Double Bock and the Oktoberfest beer as long as with the uh, Schwartz beer. And then we're gonna follow Ooh, that nice. up with a chocolate dunkel, which is a dunkel lager yeah. that had that yeah. you know had sex with the porter. That <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> it's so delicious. I saw it on your website. I don't think that's what it says on the website. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's more of like, oh, this is a really nice German lager that yeah. needs a porter that has some. I like your way better. Yeah. 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 I think you're on the wrong website, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got to the website. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think it was .dot right? yeah. <laughs> Sex with a porter does not leave to the same but it's the same get, results it did, did get me to some 19th century vintage stuff yeah vintage but there were 12 boxes oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that says uh, I don't know we're not reading into that one I'm no. gonna play ignorance on that yeah, one yeah <laughs> okay uh. so we wanna, wanna try the fourth yeah, one I, I'm actually having Stacy get you a fresh one we've been sitting here for a little while okay. so oh. I want something that's a little chillier it's probably pretty warm by now sure so what is this? So this next one's going to be Blurred Fox. Okay. So this is a Pilsner malt base yeah. with um, rolled oats along with some wheat malt. With this, I hit it with a Zaka and Hauertau Blanc hop. Okay. At 10 minutes, I put about a pound and a half in. And then after that was done, after the whirlpool during the settle, once it hit below 200, I added another pound and a half of that blend. Mm. Okay. And then a day after fermentation, I hit it with another pound and a half of that blend. Nice. Okay. So it's about 38 IBUs. It came in really high at about 7.4 percent wow. so and it hides it all yeah and so it's all passion fruit lots of great fruit, fruit hints peaches hints my wife gets pineapple, pineapple. in there yeah i get a little pineapple i can get yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've gotten pineapple from azaka before yeah, yeah. i'll be mad if i drink the warm one will you no. <laughs> i'd be kind of upset if you didn't yeah. finish them <laughs> i just wanted you to taste them fresh yeah, yeah. what about like the uh the super dank, like, do you go for any of those? Like, have you brewed any of those that just like? I haven't. I've, I've really tried to stay on the fruity side, yeah. especially with, you know, the Southern Hemisphere hops. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm in love with, you know, New Zealand stuff, right? Even oh, with yeah. their new Motika blends, right? I mean, that's so powerful for that sauce blend uh-huh. type hop, right? We well, so. use Waidi a lot. Love nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to use Nelson just like everybody else if I could ever afford, afford it or I, find it. Yeah, right? no, I, <laughs> and not I, get stuck in a hop contract that is that can't produce. Actually, right? I was I was talking to Charged a guy at a, a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a guy at Hop Squad and they were trying to use a Nelson, but yeah, he was saying the same thing. Trying to get it at a reasonable price is just you can't do it. Do you, you know? do it privately? Yeah. Do you ever make it at home by your, for yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure, it? right? You late hop it all with Nelson, you know, and you yeah, just it's have It's easy really to get two ounces it, right? of it. Exactly. Yeah. But if right. I need, you know, three, four pounds, because yeah. I'm in this weird in-between stage, let alone going to a three, ten barrel where I now need tens of twenties of pounds or hundreds of pounds, good luck, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. More beer, has it. Right. <laughs> And Bell, Bell's Homebrew, I used, to, oh, find, I used yeah. to find it on there a lot back in, you know, 2013, 2014 as like a little hidden gem. Mm. There, that's long disappeared. Yeah. We need like a black market 
You know, like <laughs> the, you know, like say I got Sell those, I got those, tops. I got those. I watch a lot of these drug shows, and they'll have some guy who like buys, yeah. So they'll buy like, uh, they'll buy like, pound. they'll buy like cocaine. They'll pay like ten grand or whatever for a block, and then they'll cut it and then sell for sixty thousand. Yeah, you got to cut yeah. it. But they're like blending with, you know, cut hops with THC. Or yeah, exactly. So this is we, the best we didn't create this. We're like, this is a blend of Nelson and some generic hop for like, the, our, yeah. Cascade. <laughs> I think this is shredded mini wheat. In here. <laughs> well, what do you think of the nose fiber, of that? Oh. The flavor. It's only about Flavor's thirty-eight good. IBU, so you don't get really overpowered yeah, on that bitterness, is, but yeah. you don't get a lot of that um, heat and sweetness from it being seven. Seven percent. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. much better cold. I was expecting when you said 38 IBUs, I was like, "What? Really? It's really low." Yeah, yeah, yeah that, especially for an IPA. Yeah, but, 38 uh, IBUs was all the 10 minute uh, edition, and then everything mm. else was after that. So it was all right. Oil, you don't. So yeah, it's all you don't yes, count right? yeah, so. whirlpool and So is it a West yeah. Coast IPA? What it's really of? kind of a blend, right? It's kind yeah. of a blend of a, of a New England IPA and a West Coast, right? Okay. So that's what I try to do is blend the two. I, I like I like both styles. But with West Coast ones, I don't like that overly caramel sweetness you get with some of them, like with Green Flash and yeah. some Ballast Point things, right? Do you oh, ever do Ballast GABF? Point. Have you been out there? I have never been to a GABF. We yeah. looked at it this year. Obviously, it's coming up, right? right. So we're like, maybe next year we'll, we'll actually partake. We'll send shipments <laughs> off, right? Yeah. And we'll yeah. play, right? Let's get through one year first. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little ambitious for first year. Yeah, I don't have a keg to spare. I don't. I, I'm we not don't. ready for my yeah, pretzel necklace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that. I mean, and that's part of the business model too. Is this slow, meticulous growth? Okay, let's investments done now. Let's let's, let's mm-hmm. get it making money, get it producing, so we can turn around and reinvest right into a bigger three or five barrel system. Right. You know, let's maintain that. You know, hopefully, it can maintain us for. A, two to three years or whatever and so that we can grow and then get the 10 barrel system and you know put a a, um you can't really see the land but back behind us um this is a 10 acre lot almost it's 9.99 and we have about three for the front parking beer garden space tap room so we have plenty of land behind us and to develop that and and you know put that that big ugly metal building yeah. that people aren't going to see, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's the facility, right? right? That's where we're going to actually make the beer and, and start producing, getting bigger, be able to finally get into a store or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really, it's grow this tap room, grow this community. You know, we're kind of the furthest west yeah, right yeah. now. and. The, the local community, I, I call them neighbors, and that's anybody what's eight, <laughs> within eight miles of me, right? <laughs> because yeah. we're in the country. So, yeah. you know, they actually really like it and responded well to it. And, you know, thank you. you know, there's something on our side of town now. And right. um, so to have great support from a bunch of locals. Yeah, it was one of our customers donated the flags and the flagpole when yeah, he came out. Yeah. They donated oh, that. Nice. They that. donated the NASA patch up there. He was part of the same group. He's 75 years old and drives Formula Fords in Indianapolis once oh, a year, right? Yeah, nice. it's crazy. Still driving race cars. Yeah. And then the Barley Fox sign you saw when you came in, Mm -hmm. that was donated by a patron's brother for him for his birthday. And and then he donated it to us as part of this community support program. Yeah, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. Right. So now we we get to give this back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, if you bring a patch, you get a free beer, right? Correct. Yeah. I got to grow that patch wall at. uh, I don't know. I guess there may be 50 or 60 up there right so now. So I was but. a Boy Scout. I have a merit badge uh, thing. With Weedle like, off. Probably okay. 50, 60 <laughs> How is it He's got one for sewing yeah. you can yeah. have. <laughs> if you bring the whole sash, you get a free beer. Yeah. <laughs> Whittling. All 280. Whittling. <laughs> so I'm curious. So coming from an accounting background, 
you don't hear a lot of people that are brewing beer that know what CapEx is and profitability. Sure, so do sure. you feel like that brings like a strategic advantage to know like, okay, this is the size of facility. This is how many beers you can it, brew. It, it, yeah, it definitely does. Cause I could, I could see it right away without having to have somebody tell me nice. like it, it just hits me. Right. I could be like, All Oh, right. Hey, I need this CapEx. It's going to be this. Let's, what do we need to do to get there? And then you have this, I'm a very pragmatic analytical person. So I'm already building and formulating plans in my head and a strategy of how we're going to get there. So the biggest thing is like when we can get to the next like three barrel or four, five barrel, that's the big discussion, right? right I think the biggest yeah. discussion on five barrel, three barrel, at least for us right now, is space, space requirements, right? Space. So it's not a matter of which one, but the space. Um, yeah. Once we do that, we can do now events, right? So the events now, fests. Tap takeovers. That's going to drive more people. Drive, drive more people. Drives more revenue. Drives mm-hmm. more revenue. Drives more, pro, you know, more capex, right? Yeah. And we just keep reinvesting in it all. So yeah, cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because I know a lot of people starting out. A lot of younger people, like starting a brewery, they don't, they don't have that. It's like they go into it it's like, oh, our beers are good. We're gonna, we're gonna sell tons yeah. of beer. I need a million exactly. dollars yeah, yeah, for a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And or it's all like the there's, or there's like Celis, who I don't know was in the industry for a long time. Long time. And then they were projecting like 200 percent growth every so it, year. So it's fine to project double digit growth, but when you're doing triple upon, or a high upon, end, yeah, it's just compounded interest, right? Yeah. It's the same yeah. concept. You, you're going to compound that interest year and over the, year, and, and it's just not attainable your, or sustainable. Your market share is probably shrinking a little bit every year because yeah. more breweries come in. Sure. Especially to sure. Austin. And, yeah. and yeah. how aggressive are you going to be in the marketplace with your Salesforce, right? How, yeah. What's your right. marketing strategy yep. for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Are you going to market Austin and take over Austin or do you want to go take over the rest of the state or start somewhere else? Yeah, that's mean, the thing. You yeah. probably would have to go the whole yeah. state. But anyway, not to talk more about other guys' beers, but what do you guys think of macro beers like Coors and Budweiser hey, and... Uh, so I, I kind of said it earlier. I mean, all mm-hmm. beer kind of has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times in, in for all of it. You know, I kind of call it a river beer or a pool beer. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I, if I'm if i going to drink a 12-pack or, you know, get a case of beer and go out with my buddies because we're going to drink all day, yeah. I need something light that's just not going to get me hammered. You don't want an imperial because, stout or... Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Texas and, you know, in the summer, it's like 100. Take so, out that, that Roxanne, that foreign export. Yeah. Sure. And you have three of those and you go take a nap <laughs> under a shade tree. Three so, down the river, see you tomorrow. So I'm curious. So that brings up a good question. I'm so when, full. What, what were you doing the last time you had like one of the core three beers? Oh wow! Like was it like you were at a party and a, yeah, grilling or a friend just like here you go? It's like all we have. It's like or oh. it was the hottest day of the year. <laughs> I would say it was probably uh, Thanksgiving last year, where uh, you know I'm out smoking turkeys and yeah. I need something to get me from ten o'clock at night to two o'clock <laughs> yeah. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that doesn't make me just go to sleep by the fire. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you could. I mean, I was kind of rolling my eyes thinking about that and i just don't drink them very often yeah i mean normally if somebody has one they'll hand me one i'm not gonna you know be rude or anything I yeah can, no it, i can it, drink it you're gonna be uh, at a birthday party preferred. you're not yeah. gonna be like get this shit away yeah. from me you don't shotgun and be like uh, next one well they've <laughs> all you know, you all, all my people know that we have this now so they just kind of expect me to bring all the beer uh, yeah. Like, oh yeah oh wait you oh, have a brewery like, yeah we need like 12 cakes no i don't make any of the beer that's aaron <laughs> yeah have you found that more common now that you're like we opened up this brewery you yeah, should come oh, by yeah. and like oh okay well, i'm having a party you should bring your beer to my place yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of free 99 wanting going on <laughs> <laughs> so this leads me to my next question what do you what do you guys feel 
is craft. What, what does that mean to you, craft beer? Um, I just believe that that means that somebody's taken their artistry to it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just like Aaron with his beers, he's he's reflected his experiences, his knowledge to bring out the beers that he really loves. Yeah. So in my general opinion, it's just somebody who's, you know, who's brewing with that love, brewing, yeah. you know, making something that they're proud of. You know, it's, it's not everybody likes everything, but right. they're proud of that beer and they know what's in it. And, you know, it's it's not just how many bottles can go through that production line. Right. It's the same. Yeah, I think you cross over, over, you know, from like kind of just art. Right. It's almost like impressive, artisanal or like fine dining or like um, how are you going to tell somebody or communicate something about your artisanal product that you have putting yourself into expressiveness. Right. What you make. Exactly. Right. You know, and love is probably ninety nine percent of it. Right. Just love. Right. And Mm -hmm. you make it with love. It's going to taste like love. Right. Salty. Salty. Wow. I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that what that means. <laughs> Ross has very salty love. <laughs> uh, so do you think one of the big, I don't know, something like Blue Moon could be craft? Like, I'm not saying Blue Moon, but something along that line. Like, uh, maybe we're like Revolver. Like, That's a good call out because yeah. we did them early before they got bought out. No, yeah. they were bought out. But or were they? Yeah. For some reason, he was talking to us like they weren't bought out. Yeah. So uh, it, it was kind of, I, I he feel, could, he I, feel say dirt, I feel dirty about it. Were they, now, in, to- were they in talks when we talked to him? Or no, they, 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 they were fully. Bought, they were okay. fully but I, I think he, he spoke from the first. From the perspective they, they of still, creating blood and honey yeah, and yeah. the run up to that. Yeah, I, you know, there's hardliners that say yeah. if you're made by macro, you are not craft, right? Yeah, there yeah. are hardliners there that even with that independent brewery sticker that they're they're wanting to put on things, right? They just don't they want to keep that line very distinct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could still brew craft beer at a macro level. I mean, yeah. I don't see why you can't, right? You just maybe just maybe doesn't doesn't mean it's small batch. It right. doesn't mean it's large batch. Yeah. But you're making a very awesome artisanal product that isn't just blended for uh, a cog's benefit right your cost mm-hmm. of goods sold benefit right so that's essentially what you know your bl- your bland macro beers do it's all for yeah. a cost of cost of sold yeah. goods right? yeah so but i think you still i don't think that's a hard line i think you can blend that line you can i mean just uh car box kind of the same way right oh, I mean, yeah. they started out but I, they kind of had this mission to go attack budweiser i mean yeah. they wanted to take budweiser taps and when you poke the bear long enough, the bear gets angry, you know, okay. And, what? and throws money yeah. at you. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars, but everybody's going to have their price. Love Street is still a good Kolsch, but yeah. I don't know. You know, just like 10 barrel out of Bend, right? Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the proprietaries of that was part of a distributorship, right? That was a Budweiser distributor right. or not a Budweiser pr- distributor, but well, distributed for Budweiser. Yeah, 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 let, yeah, let, yeah. Let's clarify yeah. that, right? Because they're all independent contractors. It's a lot of paperwork in between. It's a three-tier system. It's very independent. Right. That's correct. You can't see the air quotes. But he had a design in place, and he he put yeah. that design in place, and it worked out flawlessly for him, right? Yeah. So yeah, And they produce good beers. Right? Yeah. You know I mean? So the industry was richified and mm-hmm. richified that's not even the damn well, word but you know it they, they brought something yeah enriched the the actual community and said yeah. hey we got some new beers before all that stuff happened right? yeah, i mean yeah. that might have been his goal hey mm-hmm. my 10-year plan is to sell a budweiser yeah um but 
he still brought good product to the space. Yeah. Um, same thing with Revolver. I like their Blood and Honey. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carbock, you know, that's the, the great big one right now. They, yeah. they made so much money. But um, And then you see this kind of fall down of the beer a little bit. The, the flavors of profiles will go off mm-hmm. because they go and put their matrix on it and say, right. well, we can save 10 cents right exactly. here. It's almost yeah. like Goose Island. I, right? I, I was Bourbon, just thinking yeah. County Stout, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's not the same 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Before, yeah. before they sold out. Yeah. But, I mean, it's to your point, everyone has their price. Yeah. yeah. Which leads me to my next question is, uh, when are you guys going to sell out to AB? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's, what's your price? <laughs> uh, retirement. retirement. Yeah, retirement. Yeah. That's, that's quite a few years away. No, so, I mean, what we want to do is bring this great beer that Aaron makes and, mm-hmm. you know, these flavors that, a lot of places aren't doing and stick with some loggers and stick with some stuff that's not so traditional in this realm. Yeah. Um, that's what I, that's what I kind of want out of it. I want to bring it to people. Do you have an aspiration of canning or bottling any of these, or do you want to open brew pubs in different places? think probably both. I mean, with our license, you know, unless we, you know, buy more property and get a just actual brewer license. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, everybody wants to see their product in a store. I mean, right. sure. shit, like that. It's like validation. Right? Wow, yeah. we we made it. Holy crap! We're in yeah, store. you, were in you can go to an Astros yeah. game and say, "Hey, give me a, a twelve fox." That would be freaking <laughs> yeah. nuts. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> twelve dollars? Yeah, it didn't cost me <laughs> <laughs> to make it, dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so that's there you go. what that's we wanted. It. <laughs> yeah. You know, will we sell out to somebody? I can't. I don't know what the future holds. You never sure. do. But yeah, I mean, the goal is really just to bring good beer to this market and, yeah. and, and have grow, fun, right? Just and have, grow fun. And have fun. Have fun. Get back to the community. So yeah. like, you know, and then whatever happens in the future will happen. But I mean, we just want to grow it and yeah. keep it growing organically, um, and just do it small. I don't want to take on investors. I. I've been working for myself for a long time, and I don't think I can answer to a ton right. of people. So we just want to keep it growing. Mm-hmm. It's doing well right now. We're not very old. I mean, three months is not that right. Good. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, um, three months in, you don't know what you want to do? I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what's crazy is all of our growth is organic right yeah, now. It, sure. It's all community support. And then we're building brand loyalty every day and that and then it's so much fun when you build that brand loyalty and you see people keep coming back you see new pe- faces coming in just because yeah. somebody had talked to them yeah and then you know that this is still faster than social media in texas yeah right? yeah, yeah absolutely yeah word of mouth is what so i guess you answered my my next few questions so let's see uh let's say you've lived a long life and you're gonna have your last beer ever What's it gonna be? We call it a deathbed beer. So you're on your deathbed. Yeah, like, mine's easy, beer. and that it really just goes back to Germany, yeah. um, where my family lives over there. And mm-hmm. I would have to have a Kaiser beer. I love his his Weiss beer, a white beer. Yeah, it's just my favorite. It's what really transitions my taste buds to make sure you know to drink good stuff quality mm-hmm. stuff so that just kind of like i ex- told the story earlier about his jefe vice and it's just one of those beers that yeah every time i go there that's the first thing i do i mean i have to go get that beer uh for me um it was about seven years ago that firestone walker had made a bourbon barrel aged dba and i that's when i fell in love with bourbon barrel beers and when firestone quit making that product i just cried in my sleep so then I had to find parabola and you know yeah. sacaba or abacus oh, depending yeah. on the fence that you're you know you're on you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, that that uh, Firestone Walker Barrel Age DBA was probably one of my most favorite beers. 
their 805 is still a really great beer. Yeah, that's yeah, the one we drink beer. the most of. Yeah. Which yeah. is the craziest thing is it's the same beer, it's just rebranded yeah. with a different name, right? <laughs> but it's selling out now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so is it DBA's at Death? Dead ale, or it's <laughs> a good name. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> so you said you really love Belgians. In seven years, are we going to get a lambic out here, or like so, a Flanders red? You have already got it started. Or? So I haven't even started one, but my wife really loves taking lambics and mixing it with pilsners and hefe's. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. So she does she, it all the time. Yeah. Oh, so yeah lambic I've with never heard of that. Yeah. Might be uh, doing like yeah. a blend. Just. Uh, it, just blend them together and use it as like a flavoring profile, right? And well, Lambic see. Brewers, they don't even call themselves brewers. They call themselves blenders. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. There you go. So, Works she perfect, loves right? yeah. blending. I totally so, thought yeah. you were going to say Lambic and ice cream. That's what I was going <laughs> to around. Like, that's the mix to me. Right, hey, right, we, right. We haven't come out with that episode yet. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> And just like Sneak what peek. we did, um, there's a lady that wanted to uh, try the Goza from mm-hmm. Redhorn. Yeah. And we also have the mead. And she's like, well, I want to try them both. And then we're like, would well, you want me to put it together? She's like, sure. So I put like a shot of the mead in the Goza and it ended up being ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Wow. Really good. Yeah. So well, is, that, is that the, the Betsy now? or what, what the Becky? Becky. <laughs> that was her name. Yeah, so that was yeah. her name. Yeah. So she, oh. she lost her mind. Yeah. She's like, oh I my saw, gosh. Well, right, yeah. because it, it's a watermelon Goza and then a cranberry mead, right? Yeah. yeah. So sounds good. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's I super mean, tart, but you it's still guys didn't make it, time. but you kind of did make it. We blended it, right? We blended yeah. it. Yeah. I don't want to be a license? blender. Do we have to go get licensed? For that? <laughs> <laughs> That's one step over from the Cicerone. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, is oh, this the so, uh, Becky? This is the Becky. Oh, Whoa. nice. Okay. Working behind the scenes. So, oh, thank the, you. Thank what's you. the Becky? So that's the the watermelon goza from Redhorn mixed oh, with a watermelon uh, cranberry so meat. Oh, so right? you you renamed it to, to Becky. Becky. Okay, yes. nice. Yeah, because was it actually named after the person who ordered it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's huh. a little firecracker about four nothing and red hair, red short curly red hair. She was very pleased oh, that, that you made. Oh my goodness! Wow. wow! Holy crap! Wow! Taste buds just came away. Whoa! And this was just <laughs> random. Just random. This is totally bad. random. Yesterday. That it was oh, not what I was yesterday. expecting. This is just blends awesome. really well together. Yeah. I could see this becoming like a like yeah on a hot day. Hey, like, right? Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had the Becky. <laughs> <laughs> you had Becky on a hot day. <laughs> oh, My wife doesn't listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> but it's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. a random thing that happened, and and we just told everybody all day yesterday and. I mean, the ladies just really loved it. Even even yeah. the guys, to be very honest, they would just super it light, and, heart, refreshing. Oh, that's yeah. refreshing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nicely carbonated as well. Yeah. yeah. Super yummy. Well, I'm just thinking with that, like, watermelon, and, and it's already a goza, but if yeah. you did, like, a light salt on the rims oh, yeah. to if give it just that little bit extra salt. Yeah. Oh, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I already like it. More so. sugar, yeah. maybe? I'm more of a sugar. I like yeah. a little bit sweet. Oh. Well, it's not salty like Ross, right? Yeah. That's a good thing about blending, though. If you like it sweeter, then yeah. you'd add just a little bit more of the mm-hmm. mead the mean, and, yeah. and sweeten yeah. it up a little. And that, if you uh, like the salty, then you cut back on the mead, and that goes as pretty salty. It's got a good sea salt base. Yeah. And, yeah, um, which which getting back to talking to people while you're serving them, yes. trying to get somebody to go for a goza, especially if they haven't had one. When they like, ask for a Coors Light. Yeah. yeah. And, it's like, <laughs> and I think a lot of that is just um, anticipating their indecisiveness and just 
making them comfortable of just going for it and just give it to them where they yeah. don't have to ask for it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Cause then you, you've broke down that barrier. Right. Yeah. So then but, there's like, Oh, I'll try it. It's in front of me. Why yeah. Not, right. Yeah. And Clint who, who isn't here today, he says that everybody, especially in the summer should have a Goza on tap. It just pairs really well and it's light. And yeah. I don't know. It's thirst quenching, even though it's like salty and it's like, it just yeah. means you have to keep drinking. Them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. I think that's his goal. <laughs> I call it the Gatorade of beers. The Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's packed full of le- electrolytes. Electrolytes. There you go. That's what plants crave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Could you could you put that on tap? Like if people come in like wanting a light beer and just have something called not a Bud Light. It's not technically Bud Light. It is a light beer. And then they'd be like, oh, you want this one. It's called not a Bud Light. And then if you got sued, they'd be like, well, it's not Bud Light. Why would you assume it's, it's not? Yeah, we That's said it. Not. I mean, it's in the not. name. We were very clear on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we're we're saying not. Yeah. Did that go back to all publicity's good <laughs> yeah. No, but we do offer a, a, a light beer. Aaron mentioned it earlier. Um, we nicknamed it the Weezer Light. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, nice. It's actually named after my one of my aunts. And they're, you know, hardcore kind of like beer drinkers. I thought you were going to say Weezer fans. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was purely, purely out of jest, right? Because every time I'd, right. I'd be there in brewing and she'd come by in her best Southern Houston accent of, you have anything that's Coors Light? You know? And Okay, fine. So behind the scenes, I was like, I'm just going to give this I'm to her, show her. Leave me alone, right? And it actually turned out really well. Yeah. And people really liked it and enjoyed it, which was... Light American lager. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. It was gone that weekend. Nothing like corn so. rice and a little bit of barley, right? There you yeah. go. <laughs> so Simple as best. He yeah. stepped out of his box, and, and it really worked well. You know, when we gave people tastes, they, wow, that's good. That's refreshing. And, you know, it still had more flavor than a normal light beer. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's still going to have great flavor. Before it was fermenting, it so tasted like corn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. I still taste it. I still <laughs> yeah. taste the corn. But what do you think like, about those uh, Bud Light Coors commercials where they're like, oh, uh, we, ha- we have your corn for the corn syrup or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, I think we got to buy a steak. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's our corn. And then let them in the gates. And, so and, and, and now Bud Light's putting their, uh, their ingredients yeah, on Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Water, malt, and rice. Rice. And yeast. Yeast. It's like, rice isn't better than corn. It's, it's just the same. It's sugar. It's not even corn. It's yeah. dextrose. But whatever. And but it's, it's just, just one of those sugar. things. It's, yeah. you know, if, if the, as we said, we were trying to find out what our patrons like, what yeah. people yeah. want. And, you know, if they still want a good light beer, it's not that we can't produce a light beer. Um, we still just want to put our twist in there and keep some flavor in there and, you know, got not get rid of it. Right. Once you start going to that light, that's when the flavors start getting chopped right. out. Right? Yeah. And then they, then there's like, how many calories, how many carbs are in it? And there's like, yeah, especially when you work with a malster that is producing flavorful malt versus blending at, or you know, there's a lot of conversation that that malsters are trying to blend out this flavor, right? Yeah. And they want to make them more bland, a uh, bland malt or a more unmodified malt, right? Where when you make a light beer and you can still put forth that great malt flavor in the background because of the malt, right? So mm-hmm. it still matters. Yeah. Does it, does it make any difference between the people who are making the malts? Like, is it cheaper or can they mass produce it more if it tastes bland versus actually having full no, flavor? Re- I think it's really um, derived from the malster itself. Um, the malster has the ability to drive the kilning process, right? right? And so there's great debate 
um, when you get in the malt world, like when I talk to my cousin Seth, it's, I mean, I lose my mind because he'll talk about barley matters along with the malting matters. It, yeah. It's twofold. Some people think that it's just the malster that imparts the flavor. Some people say that the growing, the terroir and all that does not impart any flavor. So it's really an interesting conversation because the science just isn't there right now. Yeah, I would think you, uh, what you start with matters. Yeah. So I know typically we do three beers, yeah. but at the end of when we finished our beers, we like to go back and Shotgun? <laughs> uh, almost like rate the beers in well, let's order. Let's do it. Um, I don't like to do that. See, uh, see we uh, don't always do it, though. And I, think I we need feel to do, like do it over you guys kind of cheated this time because you gave us the four that were good, and then I think you just trumped it with the last one. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, I don't even remember which well, of those other that, ones I like. That doesn't the best, count. It's, it's Redhorn. Don't count that one. Redhorn? Yeah, no. yeah. Well, no, it was the mix that they did, though. Just blew it out of the water. But, yeah, that Betty... Was, yeah, I'd still say the Betty. Yeah, that's Betty. the one that I was like my looking favorite. forward to and just kind of. Yeah, that's just, a, that's that's one that's definitely made people when they taste it, just their eyes get really big. You see oh, their yeah. pupils dilate oh, a little yeah. bit, and they're like, "I'll just go with that." They don't yeah. even want to try anything else. That yeah. their mind was made up. That, that, that I would probably get some most street cred that way. Yeah, and to be very honest, the ladies really love Betty. Because a lot of them will come in and say, well, you know, I don't really like beer. Yeah. So when yeah, you give like them so much flavor, that, yeah, yeah, it's got so much flavor that they. You know, as Aaron said earlier, you might start them with a Oaky pilsner vanilla. and then go, well, this is going to have flavor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's they drink it and the same thing. Eyes like, wow, that's good. Okay. Well, that I can drink flavor, that. Especially yeah. if they like wine, like that yeah. might hit yeah. some yeah. of those same Almost notes. a little tannin-ish, yeah. right? Like you get a little mm-hmm. bit of that, yeah. What about you, Joel? What's your favorite? He didn't say. Oh, I wanted to do the order. You can um, do the order. Do you whatever can do the you order, want, man. <laughs> All right. So number one was the first one we had. Julie. The, uh, yeah, the Julie, right? The trip out. So I, I think it was number one, number two. So that's the, the same Julie order. Betty. But I think you just swap these last two. I think if we did that. So you, no. so you put the Pilsner last? Wait. You like the IPA and no. then the Pilsner? Actually, the order we did it in, I think I liked. Because yeah. I like <laughs> the first one was number one by far. It set the tone, but right? I can drink an IPA more, more than most, but it's... It's an IPA. It's, I don't know. I've never, I'm not going to get excited just by the nature of it. Um, so I, I, I think I would put it in the order that we had, actually had it. Okay. So I think about it. Because we had the pills technically first, the pint, the starter beer. What? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> that never happened. I mean, I didn't know. see waffles. Yeah. Or we, 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 yeah. we leveled the palate first. Right? Yeah. 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 Palate cleanser. <laughs> so what's second for you two? Oh, Probably the triple. Triple? Yeah. So the two Belgians still. I would say second for me is the Pilsner. I thought it was a great one, like great light beer. Super clean, right? Yeah. 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 That base, that's just great base mm-hmm. beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm also the sort that would be like, oh, now that I know that uh, Betty, like that's what I yeah. go for. Yeah. I yeah, see for that. sure. So one last question that we're we're kind of forced to ask now. Forced, because it's a competition. Uh, we started a asking it, and now it's just become this thing. But anyway, how do you feel about the movie The Fifth Element? Is it a good movie, or is it a bad movie that's fun to watch, or is it just terrible? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't mind it. I kind of yeah. like the movie. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Um, yes. That's- <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. So I just want to point out our media pass also says multi pass. Multi pass. Corbin Dallas. Dallas. So that's no, one of the. Good uh, movie. Yeah. So okay. we have uh, a lot of votes for great movie. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, we don't judge we people who say votes. that it's a bad movie, but it's entertaining. I don't think we've gotten a single. It's a terrible movie. We did one. Did we one. really? Yeah. Yeah, we, we Matt. 
from the Beer Museum. Oh, okay. Who's also, I was just who's getting ready to ask, did, is it just a uh, John Wayne fan? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing like Empire, that's why, I no. guess. I, I mean, it's very typical uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up, oh, macho, yeah. shoot him up, gun him up, and then Chris and Rock then just hilarious. sets it off. Right? Oh, my yeah. goodness, yeah. yeah. Wait, where's Chris Rock? No, 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 uh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, it's like uh, you get all genres, you know, yeah. and people are like, oh, you're just Sci-fi, overselling comedy, it. action. There's romance. There's opera. Know, you know. There's it's opera. opera. Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> what isn't there? <laughs> Space opera. You know, it's like you get any movie with Gary Oldman As where he transforms light. like that. I'm just going to say, like, I'm a big Gary Oldman fan and he it, it made was, that character. His southern accent was not, was not was one that of my southern favorite. In that movie? Yeah, it wasn't my favorite thing. Oh, anyway. I thought it was a space draw. Hey, yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it's better South that way. Southern, Southern universe. There you yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. Now it's better. All right. Anything else you guys want to? Um, just want to thank you guys for having us out here. Oh, yeah. Like, thank you guys uh, for coming. Yeah, definitely. I think this was an, a great progression through these beers, and um, you know, it, it's really exciting to see what you guys are building out here, and mm-hmm. then we're catching you guys so early on the journey yeah yeah, yeah. yeah keep following sure. yeah, yeah. Keep anything following. you want uh tell people listening out there uh, come enjoy the experience there yeah. you go there you go perfect hopefully it won't be so hot we have misters <laughs> and fans there you go well thanks again for coming man this was a lot of fun i've never yeah. done this before yeah, we, had, so. we had fun coming out thanks everybody for listening we had great time out here at 12 fox come out and enjoy their beers enjoy their blends if you'd like to Thanks again. This has been Ross. This is Tony. Joel's there. This is Aaron. This is Joe. And this has been the podcast. This This is the podcast. podcast. Thanks for sticking around. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, BigHeadsMedia.com, or anywhere there are podcasts. If you like what you heard, rate and review us on iTunes. Check out our Patreon. Find it at patreon.com slash three beers in podcast. Check out all of our awards. You can give as little as a dollar a month to help us keep doing what we're doing. It really helps out and we'll give you a thank you on the show. Or for a little more, you can remain anonymous. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at three beers in podcast. Check out our website, threebeersinpodcast.com. You can find information about us in the show along with the links to all of our episodes and our really cool merchandise. While you're on our site, you can tell us what you like what you don't like if you don't like us then why the hell are you still here you should have turned us off long ago but if you're just going to listen to us anyway you should probably subscribe too and if you'd like a transcript of our podcast write down everything that we just said and then the music starts For all the latest NASCAR content, including driver interviews, race recaps, 
fantasy NASCAR, listener call-ins, and giveaways. Tune in weekly to the Lap Traffic Podcast on iTunes or your favorite hosting site on the web, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, and on Twitter, at LapTrafficPC. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast.